0: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply.
1: Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. There's a high fly ball from KMOX Sports. That's deep to left field, and it's a gutter. Big fly. Welcome to the Meyer Jensen Sports on a Sunday morning. And the driving jam time! Can the Billigans win this one. Meyer Jensen, a personal injury law firm. Because sometimes the gloves have to come off. MeyerJensen.com back, pattern caught! Touchdown! Kansas City! Now, sports on a Sunday morning on America's Sports Voice,
2: KMOX. 11.06 on a Sunday morning. Uh, and We're here at the Stiefel Sports Studio here in St. Louis. And we go to the guest line. And standing by, as we're going to talk some hockey, is Andy Strickland. And you can check him out on his great podcast. He and Cam Jansen do. And uh, it's one of my favorite listens. Uh, so it's always good to talk hockey with him. Andy, Good morning, sir.
3: Mike, what's going on this morning? Thanks for having
2: me as always. Well, it's good to visit with you. I have a lot of hockey to talk to you about. Let's go back to last night. Uh, Here we go, merrily down the street in the the third period. All seems to be good. Blue spring and leak. And thank goodness for Justin Fox to win it in overtime. Uh, Just a loss in concentration there for a bit or what?
3: A little bit. I mean, you even heard Craig Berube say after the game like that, you know, sometimes those games can be a little bit of a snoozer that's it's tough to really like maybe stay focused the entire time. And, you know, then you build a lead and you feel pretty good about yourself and then a couple of breakdowns. And, and you know, he, he pointed the finger at one line where he's really talking about probably one or two players, most likely maybe just one with Jordan Cairo. You know, he had a couple of turnovers, a couple of mental mistakes. Uh, he called them soft. I mean, we all know that can be a, a, a word that, you know, players – they listen, you can call them a lot of things, Mike, you know this, but they don't like to be called soft. But that just kind of distracted the rest of the team, just allowing Arizona to get back into it, and, and it is what it is. But at least they found a way to get the win in overtime and get those two points.
2: Well, that's important, the two points. Um, and because when you look over the season a year from now, you don't even think about how you won the game in Arizona. You just won it. Hey, you know, for me, watching this team uh, – We're about to go into the playoffs. This isn't your 2019 Stanley Cup championship team. Uh, It's a little bit of a different team. They're not as heavy as they used to be. Uh, They can score. I don't think anybody will argue that. But there's some things that really concern me with regard to having a little bit more grit, a little bit more toughness. Uh, And if you go into that first round against Minnesota, which they've owned, Minnesota is a team that I think could give the Blues problems if the Blues play in the same manner that we're watching them now.
3: Yeah, you know, it's going to be interesting, Mike, because you see a lot of these teams that they've beaten, you know, over the course of this uh, point streak, and it's up to 15 games right now. I mean, they have beaten Minnesota twice. You know, one of the games they gave a 4-1 lead there, late, you know, third period lead, had to go into overtime in both games. Um, but they face, you know, some weaker competition. You see Arizona, you see, uh, you know, we've seen Buffalo. We've seen teams, um, you know, uh, Seattle has come to town. you know so listen there's been some some maybe some weaker competition as a play for st. Louis but at the end of the day you know they got a lot of guys who have won before Mike and, and they understand what it takes to win and so they're gonna have to go out there and show that they can be that team. I mean, Minnesota obviously added some pieces at the trade deadline you know they, they feel like they are a bigger stronger team now than, than they had been in the past. Although, if you look at it side-by-side, side, St. Louis is actually the heavier team when you look at the Blues versus Minnesota in terms of just pure average weight throughout the course of their roster. But Minnesota, obviously, has got a little bit of confidence right now. They hardly lose either, Mike. I mean, they don't lose to anybody unless they're playing St. Louis. So, obviously, the Blues are chasing them. They'd love to find themselves in that two-hole. But I think if you look at the Blues up and down the roster, they may not have you know, uh, the same you know, type of, of physicality that the 2019 team had. But they've got a lot of veteran presence who aren't going to be knocked off of their game if you play them hard. I mean, these guys compete at a very high level. They've won before. Guys like Brandon Soddy doesn't get a whole lot of attention. But then you get into Barbershop, Perron, O'Reilly, Shen. Listen, these guys can play through physicality. And they've got another level of grit, I think, that they can show. And, and more importantly, they're winners. They know what it takes to win. So. Listen, it's going to be a great series. I do think home ice advantage will mean something. I'm not going to say whoever has home ice is going to be the team that wins the series. But there's something to be said about starting a, a series and finishing a series in front of your home fans.
2: Andy Strickland is with us. He has a great podcast, Strick and, uh, Cam and Strick. You can check him out uh, everywhere you can get your uh, podcast from. But, hey, two players I want to ask you about. One, Robert Thomas. Uh, when did things click for him? Because he's turned into be the player that I think everybody hoped he would be. Uh, he seems like he's truly matured physically. Uh, when did it all click for him? And also, Ivan Barbashev, I remember when the expansion draft took place and there were a few eye rolls about how would you keep a fourth-line guy? He's just a guy. But I think when you move him in a different position, because he does have skill, as we've seen firsthand, when did things really turn around for him?
3: Um. For so Barbashev, listen, I think the last couple of years, he's been building to get to this point, uh, Mike. I mean, this guy had 14 goals the year that they won the Cup, primarily playing the fourth line the entire game. I mean, that's a pretty impressive total, you know, to do that um, as a fourth-line player. Sunquist also had 14 goals that season, but he had spent more time moving up the lineup than than Thomas had. Um, so, you know, Barbashev has you know shown that ability. He was a big scorer in junior. He was a second-round pick. It's not like he's a guy who – just runs around and, and uh, hits everybody. I mean, he obviously has some skill and he's shown that. And now to get to 25 goals this season is, is, a, is a crazy accomplishment for him. And Mike, he's got one more year left on his contract. Very manageable deal right now. This guy's going to get. You know, a big, you know, pay raise, obviously, is next time that he goes to the negotiating t- that table. And, and same thing for Robert Thomas in terms of building to this point. Listen, I think most importantly, Mike, the last couple of years, he couldn't stay healthy. You know, he was dealing with some injuries. I don't think his conditioning was where, you know, it needed to be and where it is right now. I mean, this guy really committed and dedicated himself in the off season. And, um, and not just that, I think just the evolution of the player. You know, the game slowed down for him. You know, he feels more confident with the puck on his stick, not just from a playmaking standpoint, because he truly is one of the true elite passers in the game. There's not that many pure passers that are left in the NHL. We used to see a bunch of them, and now there's only a handful, and he certainly falls in that category. Hey. Um, but, you know, he's a family. I said, Mike, this guy won championships five consecutive years, <laughs> including his first year here in the NHL. He's a winner through and through. And it's just the evolution of a great player and an elite talent. And, and he's going to be good for a long time. It's hard to believe he's only 22 years old. Mike.
2: Yeah, that, that that really is uh, an eyebrow raiser. Hey, um, the playoffs start May 2nd. And the great thing about hockey, uh, the NHL playoffs, it could be anybody. Any, an eight team can be the number one team like that. So give me a matchup that you're going to look at and you're going to say this could be an upset special.
3: Wow. Wow. And that's a good question, Mike. Um, Let me just say this. And I don't think Vegas is going to get in. If if they can get in, I'm watching them play the other day, Mike, and I'm looking at the names on the the roster and who's playing in the lineup. They still have Carlson and Eichel and all these guys. And, you know, in addition to Petrangelo and Theodore, I mean, it just goes down and down the line. I mean, they've got some issues, and I don't know if they're going to get in. Um, But – You know, an upset special, I don't see Colorado losing in the first round. I don't see Calgary losing in the first round. I mean, you may see some upsets on the other side of the window in the Eastern Conference. Um, But can a team like uh, Los Angeles beat Edmonton? I think that's the one series where, you know, Edmonton obviously hasn't had a ton of success. They look like a different team right now, but they haven't had a ton of success in the playoffs. L.A. plays more of a grind-it-out style. They can wear you down. They can frustrate you. And it wouldn't surprise me. Maybe a surprise to a lot of people. I don't think people realize how good LA is, even with the injuries they have and no Drew Doughty. It would not shock me to see them upset the Edmonton Oilers just based on their style of play.
2: All right. Well, listen, we're out of time. Uh, Blues and Anaheim tonight, and then we round out the final week of the season. I, I guess you want to stay consistent and not get hurt down the stretch. And any guys who, and you've been around hockey long, the one guy who tries not to get hurt is the first one that gets hurt. So the Blues have to play their (laughs) style for sure. And and really start, I would think, put on their playoff face at this point because the playoffs are here, and I just don't think you can throw your sticks and gloves on the ice and just think, well, we'll just take what we've done, and that'll be good enough to win the Stanley Cup. I, I don't think you can play it that way.
3: Well, the good news is they have something to play for, right? Yeah. So they're still motivated because they want to finish, in, you know, home ice advantage. Sometimes, you know, you get some of these teams that are run away with it. And I think it's a little more difficult for those teams to make. Like Colorado. It I think Colorado's a like perfect Colorado, example. A hundred percent. You know, I don't see Colorado losing in the first round, but you know, Hey, there's some of it. We've seen that before, Mike. Oh right? yeah. I mean, team, <laughs> you know, obviously 99, 2000, they win the president's trophy. They were comfortable, heavy favorites. And had obviously lost to San Jose, but I don't know. The Blues just um, – they've got something going, though, right now, Mike. And, and, you know, when you see Tarasenko playing the way that he is also, for him to get to 80 points this season, I mean, nobody saw that from, nope. from Tarasenko. So, you know, the Blues have no reason not to be motivated. And you know, Mike, as well as I do, Craig Berube won't allow them to take their foot off the game.
2: No, sir. Hey, Andy, as always, it's good to visit with you. Hopefully we'll do it again real soon. Uh, as always, thank you for your time and enjoy your day, sir. Okay, Mike. All right. Take care. Andy Strickland, our guest. When we come back, it'll be the president of baseball operations. He's John Mozeliak of the St. Louis Cardinals. We'll talk some baseball with him when we return here on KMOX.
1: There's a high flight.
4: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it.
0: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply.
1: Welcome back to the Meyer Jensen Sports on a Sunday morning. And it's a gutter. Big fly, Nolan Arenado. Meyer Jensen, a personal injury law firm. Because sometimes the gloves have to come off. MeyerJensen.com. And the Philippines win this one. Touchdown, Kansas City. On America's Sports Voice, KMOX.
2: 20 after the hour of 11 o'clock from the Stiefel Sports Studio in St. Louis. Let's go to the guest line and standing by is the president of baseball operations for the St. Louis Cardinals. He is John Like John, good morning. Good morning, Michael. How are you? I'm doing well. It's good to visit with you. A lot of things I want to run by you. First of all, it's a small sample size, but you have to like what you see from your ball club in the early stages of the season.
5: Yeah, I think that's a good point. It's early. Um You know, when you look at the schedule, you certainly want to be able to win games that you think you're supposed to win. And I think from where we are right now, we're seeing that. Um, You know, there's also some interesting parts where I think from an offensive standpoint, we're not, you know, hitting our full stride yet, which I think is also encouraging because uh, it's always nice to know when you got a little more in the tank. And, you know, just overall, I think we're playing good baseball, smart baseball. And so I think, you know, that's really a compliment to Ollie and his group.
2: Smart baseball. You hit the nail on the head there. Uh, they don't beat themselves. At least they haven't recently. Uh, and that's something that really seems like it stands out today in the game, maybe maybe uh, more now than it has in the past. Um, they execute. They throw to the right bases. They run the bases well. Um, and it's nice to have guys like Goldschmidt and Arnato on the corners of your infield.
5: It sure is. Um, you know, I, I think like, you know, a lot's been made uh, of the first few weeks of the season on, on just having Albert joining us and and uh, sort of the last sort of lap for some of these guys. But reality is, is this is a team that's built with, with Goldie and, and Nolan at the corners, and we've got a lot of uh, emerging stars coming in the outfield, and there's a lot to be excited about this club. But you know, I think, I think sometimes we overlook the fact that we got those two guys. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I think it's, a, it's a, you know two, obviously, quality anchors for a team.
2: You know, you've been making trades for a long time in baseball. And I'm sure you have your favorites. But those two deals, acquiring Goldschmidt and Arnauto, and, and in a lot of cases, most people would say, oh, the Cardinals, nobody can get those guys. Those guys are too good. They have to be tied for first, as far as your your maybe some of your best moves you've ever made as as a, as a general manager and president of baseball operations.
5: Yeah, I think when you look at at them, they are actually like kind of almost two completely opposite type deals. Let's start with Goldie. Goldie was was a player that was about to enter free agency. Their team was was basically looking at you know do we keep him for the season, offer him a, a qualifying offer, and then get a draft pick. Or do we arbitrage that final year um, and and see what we can get? And and they went down that route. And and ultimately, you know, we obviously um, um, were willing to to part with our our player assets to get it done. And then, which was great, right? It was great to get a, you know, gold glove, silver slugger type first baseman that can carry your team for many, many years. But then the key was you had a sign, him, and, mm-hmm. and fortunately we did then you 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 bounce over to nolan and and that was just such a unique situation um, you know there were you know probably single digit well probably on one hand type of teams he was willing to go to and and based on that, there were only a couple of teams that really needed you know a third baseman. and so the timing was just very fortuitous for us to to be able to to, to be there. And then, you know, the willingness from ownership to take on the contract because, you know, the Cardinals typically it's, it's, it's hard to have guys that uh, start with a 30 on their contract annually. And so <laughs> to be able to, to do that, I think was, uh, you know, just really a, a unique thing for us, but yeah, there's no doubt when you look back at, at one's career and you think about some of the deals you've made um, there's certainly been a lot more under the radar than maybe we get credit for, but you know those were big splashes, and and right now they look like they're uh, they're great long term investments because these guys are producing, they're they're quality people, and they love to win, and that's what you want.
2: Walk me down the trade corridor for a minute. Um, these deals just don't happen overnight. Where you fall out of bed one morning and say, "Hey, I'm going to trade for this guy." What's the longest you've taken to pursue getting a player in a deal?
5: Probably Nolan. You know, when I think back to it was well over a year um, trying to do that deal. And again, it's it's about, you know, understanding what the market looks like, what you're hearing. Um, you know, if you had said prior to us ever, like, kicking the tires on on trying to trade for Nolan, I would have said, like, why would they trade him? They just mm-hmm. signed him to a massive deal. He's going to be an iconic player for, for them and their city. But, you know, things change, I guess. and And so in our job like when you ask like what what's it like to sort of walk down that corridor it's almost more important to understand what's happening in the industry and and making sure that you are 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 connected enough to know what's going on so then you can ultimately um be engaged when when the timing is right and and so you know for us it's, it's always about trying to be opportunistic i use that word a lot on this show and and i know sometimes people get annoyed with it because they would rather me just be more aggressive or the club be more aggressive but you know when you look at our market size and what we're able to do competitively speaking you know we really do take advantage of 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 a lot of the the things that that i think fans and 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 people would like to see happen and we're going to try to continue to do that but you know that was a long answer to your question but Making trades is, is always a unique proposition, especially when it's not like during the trading deadline. Mm-hmm. Because the trading deadline, you know, almost everybody's engaged. But when you're doing some offseason moves and that kind of stuff, it, it can be more where, you know, your persistence gets something done.
2: Let's talk minor leagues for a second. Um, Nolan Gorman got off to a really good start uh, with the home run ball. But also, uh, the other story within the minors as a whole is the pitch clock, where it's been shown where you're shaving off about 20 minutes per game, uh, which is something I personally like. What else is going on in your organization aside from Gorman getting off to a good start, and what's your thought on the pitch clock?
5: Well, you know, I think we're seeing a lot of good things from our our players that we expect to do well, and that's encouraging. Uh, You know, just you know Matthew Libertor last night um, with a really good outing. But when you ask me, like, what's my thoughts on the pitch clock, I mean, I think, like, all of us want what's best for the game. And, you know, when you look at a baseball game, especially when you're talking about when you and I are sitting there in the seventh, eighth, and ninth inning, and unless it's like a, a Friday or Saturday night, real tight game, you're losing a lot of the fans. So I think, like, you know trying to figure out a way to to make it fit in a tighter zone um will help everybody and so I'm really encouraged what you're what you're hearing from what's happening in the minor leagues because that that's good news and I also think it just becomes something of a habit right like if players know that they've got to get into the box, they'll do that like at the major league level they don't have to mm-hmm. so they they fiddle and and taking their time. And I understand, like, at the big league level, there's a lot of things that are um, at stake. And sometimes you have to slow the game down. You have to slow yourself down. You have to breathe. But knowing all that, there are some little subtleties we can do to help with the pace of play.
2: You know, um, we haven't talked a great deal about the CBA now that it's in place and everybody's hugging each other again. Uh, what's the biggest adjustment you've been able to deal with with regard to how the CBA is going to be implemented for the, uh, this current contract?
5: You know, I think the most interesting thing is is going to be the ability to implement rule changes, because one of the things that are that's in the CBA is where the commissioner now has the right to do something within 45 days instead of have to uh, um, submit the, the rule change. If it's voted down, then you have to wait a full calendar year. Whereas now I think you're going to have a little bit more movement in, in trying to see some of these changes done. And I think that's something that's a, a little bit of a subtlety of the CBA that doesn't get a lot of notice, but I think it's going to be important to actually implement change moving forward.
2: I'm looking forward to that. Um, it, it seems like things are moving in the right direction, um, we're seeing, I think more crisp baseball. Uh, I mean, maybe I'm watching Cardinal games all the time, and that's how they play. But I, I'm seeing a lot of other games where the games seem to be more efficient compared to being sloppy. And, and even with it being early in the season and short in spring training and things of that nature, I still see a little bit better brand of the game than maybe I was, expect, I was expecting.
5: Yeah, I think a lot of us went into the season with, with a lot of question marks or at least, some level of concern like how, how are we going to get through april mm-hmm. you know coming off a 17-day camp and i think allowing teams to go to 28 person roster was 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 smart and gave everybody a little bit of flexibility to to help protect players um obviously may 1st is coming uh what is it uh six days seven days away where we're going to have to uh, go back to a 26-man roster so i think when you get into may it'll be sort of interesting to see how everybody's managing that. Mm. And uh, my fingers are crossed. It'll go smoothly. But um, you can see that it's going to be a little more demanding come May 1st.
2: Well, if there is a plus. Those two players that will go out uh, will have some big league experience that may come back to help them. Because, as you know, more than anyone, um, you may go out early as far as the minors are concerned. But there's a really good chance we'll see you before July because of the way rosters work and injuries and the way they pop up. Um, just I always tell guys, stay ready keep a bag close to the door because you never know where you may end up.
5: Well, look, if you're a AAA and you're producing, you you always have to be prepared. Um, that's just the nature of this business. And, you know, obviously, uh, you, you want guys to stay healthy. You're, I always take a lot of pride in not having to make roster moves um, early. I think we went 15 days before we had to make our first, so mm-hmm. that was kind of cool. Um, you know, but it's, it's the ebb and flow of a year, and there'll be times where we're doing it Almost on a daily basis, but you know you hope you're not having to do it too often because that usually means things are going well for you.
2: Well, things are going well for the Redbirds as they go for the sweep this afternoon. And John, as always, it's great to visit with you, and I look forward to seeing you at the ballpark this week. All
5: uh, right, thank you, Michael. Thank you, well. sir.
2: All right, that's John Mozeliak, President of the Baseball Operations for the St. Louis Cardinals. We'll come back. We'll wrap up this hour. Uh, don't forget, Cardinal Baseball pregame show comes your way at eleven forty-five. Uh, Joe Pott will have all that for you. And then we'll have baseball with Ricky Horton, John Rooney from Cincinnati. Redbirds, as I mentioned, going for the sweep over the Reds who are really struggling right now. They've lost, what, 11 in a row, uh, 12 in a row. Let's make it an even dozen. And uh, then we'll let them figure out what to do after today. We'll take a break. We'll come back with more on KMOX. There's
1: a high fly ball. Welcome back to the Meyer Jensen Sports on a Sunday morning. And it's a gunner. Big fly. No one Meyer Jensen, a personal injury law firm, because sometimes the gloves have to come off. MeyerJensen.com. And the Billikens win this one. Touchdown, Kansas City! On America's Sports Voice, KMOX.
2: In the Stefo Sports Studio, I'm Mike Warren, and I am fortunate to be joined by Joe Pott, who's going to have a pregame show. Nice to see you, man. Nice to see you as well. We see each other like twice a year. We talk, but we don't don't see each other. So I thought it'd be good for us to just shoot the breeze as we lead into your program with regard to Cardinal Baseball. It starts at 1145. Give me your thoughts on what you've seen so far from the Redbirds.
6: Here's what I like. And I think that we talked about it last week, but I really like what the bullpen is doing Uh, so far. I like the way that Oliver Marmol has uh, used that bullpen. Obviously, you've got your guys that... You know, are are going to be the ones that are used uh, a little more often, but um, I think they're third in baseball and ERA coming into this afternoon's uh, game, and so, and and you mentioned it this morning when talking to uh, Oliver Marmol that now we're starting to see the, the starters be extended, right? So that takes a little pressure
2: off that bullpen. So I think it's uh, I think it's it's going to be good. You know, managing a bullpen, in my opinion, is the hardest thing a manager can do in baseball. I mean, lineups, that, that's pretty easy. But having a feel for when to use people in certain situations and making sure that you don't expose a guy who probably shouldn't pitch more than an inning or so and getting into the head of, of relief pitchers on where, where they, what they're thinking. And I just think that's the hardest thing.
6: And the thing that you just said there was having a feel, right? Because there are days, right, when you've got a reliever, he might go two or three days in a row. There are other days when you need to leave him alone mm-hmm. and you need to leave him in the bullpen. and Hide his
2: glove. Don't even let him take his glove to the 100%. bullpen. You know, 100%. It, but it is a challenge. And, and that's why uh, I thought Mike Schilt did – Man, I thought he managed bullpens really well. Now, he may not have always gotten a result, but I thought over his three years uh, he got a lot out of guys, especially that one year. I guess it was last year. Remember they couldn't throw strikes. Yeah. I mean, we led the league. We, I don't know. We didn't lead the league. We bases led like the world or... <laughs> in, in bases loaded walks. I mean, uh, it was incredible, but when it was all said and done, that bullpen pulled it together and was really one of the difference makers for the Cardinals down the stretch.
6: Yeah. And I think that, I think that we're seeing that. And, and, you know, chances are Oliver Marmol had a lot to do with that, right? Like yeah. he's been on the bench staff. coach. Yeah, you you in his ear, that's for sure. Yeah, without a doubt. And we're seeing that now that it's that it's his ship, and and i I've, I've just been really impressed, and especially considering you know you have a fifth starter right now that is at least for the time being, fifty pitches, maybe sixty mm-hmm. pitches. Obviously, he's going to stretch out a little bit, but you know you're going to have one of those days in a week and in a series, maybe that you're going to have to use more of that bullpen.
2: I am. I'm excited to watch Jordan Hicks develop. Uh, I, I know that some people are enamored with his velocity, which you should be, but I think the fact that this guy throws sinkers and he's got a change-up and he's got a variety of pitches that makes him a legitimate pitcher and not a thrower. And it's all about when he uses those other yeah. pitchers, right? And mm-hmm. he can use that off of that fastball, and it is impressive. It's uh, it, it gets your attention. That's yes, sure. it does. You know, I'm sitting here trying to figure out how to hit a 99-mile-an-hour fastball, and all of a sudden here comes a 94-mile-an-hour <laughs> power sinker or a change up and, you know, it's – and I think the, the big key is there is a difference in the velocity where, you know, you don't go from 101 to 98. You know, it's 101 to 84 or something like that, and that really throws hitters off. I can't wait to hear you talk about Cardinal baseball as I make my way out of here. It's coming up in just a bit. Joe Pye will have the pre and the post. John and Ricky will have the broadcast as well. Cardinals going for the sweep today. We thank everybody for listening. And I think I'm back here next weekend as well. So we'll look forward to talking to you then as well during the course of the week on Cardinal baseball. I'm Mike Claiborne. He's Joe Pye. He's up next on KMOX. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether
6: you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news,